Welcome to episode 19 of Writer's Block Podcast. Tonight's episode brought to you by Straws. Suck 'em. I'm your host, J.R. Havlin, very long time writer for The Daily Show with Jon Stewart, and I'm here to interview the industry's best television comedy writers. I find out how they got where they are, how they do what they do, and how the specific shows and projects they work on go from a blank page to a final draft. Get your pencils ready, there's gonna be a quiz. Big news on the podcast front. Writer's Block is now proud to be featured on allthingscomedy.com, an outstanding website started by Bill Burr and Al Madrigal that features comedians, comedy podcasts, original content, comedy news, comedy info, a few comedic recipes, I believe. I think I'm not sure. It's all things comedy. All of it. And it puts control of the content in the hands of the people who create it and takes it out of the hands of the people who have a tendency to fuck it up. Check it out at allthingscomedy.com. And welcome to our new listeners who caught wind of us through that amazing website. Thanks for joining us. My guest is writer, producer, lyricist, author, David Jabberbaum, or DJ, as people who he thinks are his friends call him. Formerly the executive producer of The Daily Show, he helped pen the books America and Earth. He wrote the lyrics for John Waters' Cry Baby on Broadway. Didn't see that one coming, did you? And he's the author of the hilarious book, The Last Testament, a memoir by God. It's ridiculously funny, and now in paperback. But don't be deceived. The front is also made of paper, so I don't know why they call it that. Anyway, here's a little taste. Well, I like there's a nice graphic in the middle of God's uh, schedule. That's right. It's in sort of a, uh, you know, a weekly binder thing that was difficult for him to find before because that was before he had uh, uh, created Staples. That's right. <laughs> or Matter. He created or matter. Matter, matter itself, nor, nor the Staples department. Forget store. about Staples. Yeah, he, he didn't even have yeah. Matter to deal yeah. with. So, you know, try, you can, just trying to purchase anything before Matter exists <laughs> was a difficult thing. Jim. Let alone life. Yeah. That's a guy who's enthusiastic about what he does. DJ and I talk about the stark differences between writing alone and collaborating. We talk Twitter, we talk religion, satire, navigating the potential backlash of zealots, especially when you claim you co-wrote a book with God. DJ helps me with a stand-up bit, and we close it all out with an impromptu visit from his beautiful wife and two adorable little girls who help us with what is by far the most unique and endearing writer's block sign-off of any episode to date. It's gonna be hard to match. One last note I feel like I should address before we get started. This is for new as well as longtime listeners of Writer's Block, Blockheads, as I pretend they prefer to be known. I'm afraid you'll once again hear an occasional but always distracting desk pounding in this episode, which will be remedied in the very near future. Turns out the trick is to use a mic stand instead of putting the mic directly on the desk that you're pounding. Seems obvious now, but it eluded me for the first 19 episodes because I'm an idiot. A functioning idiot, but still firmly in the idiot category. And with that, let's get to it. Episode 19 with David Javerbaum. You're part of the writer's block now. Good choice. We're talking about, uh, we're talking about lyrics and making them up. I'm, I'm talking to... Uh, welcome to... DJ Jabberbond. Say hi to everybody. David. Oh, David. <laughs> really? You changed it up? No, 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 no. I mean, 
My, my thing is the J is for Jabberbaum, so even though yeah, no, I, yeah, and, uh, I did not know that at first, but then we figured it out later, and and then I didn't give a shit. <laughs> exactly. I realized so quickly how little I cared. Could, do you mind saying that you're broadcasting live from the Casa de Hoverbaum? <laughs> that, why? It just got said. Do okay. I have to say it myself? No. Broadcasting live from the Casa de Hoverbaum. Yeah, it's the voice I wanted to hear. Oh, I see. Okay. Um, yeah, that's my impression of somebody doing an impression of somebody that nobody knows. So we started. Uh, we actually started now. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that's I never start until the person asks me if we started or not. That's that's the go. Okay, you know. so we just started. Uh, no, we already started. But <laughs> well, before you said that, so I really tricked you on that one. Still lack it. Yeah, <laughs> still lack it. Um, David Javerbaum. Uh, Javerbaum. 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 DJ. Jao. DJ. DJ is fine. David Jao. Javerbaum. Yeah. Are you upset that I'm not saying Baum at the end of that? I'm saying Baum. It's a stupid name anyway, so just go with DJ. But 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 people say Javerbaum and that gets under, uh, that bomb gets under or, your skin? Baum or Baum, yeah. Yeah. But but Baum yeah. is the name. Yeah, without, yeah, yeah. You, you just don't want to miss the fundamental poetry of the name. <laughs> no. <laughs> just... Because it's so beautiful. <laughs> They're real, like however you pronounce it, just know that uh, yeah, just the way it rolls off. Poetry, Javerbaum. Like, it's just, yeah. it's just, it, is, it, is, it really is beautiful. Um, formerly uh, head writer, formerly writer of the Daily Show, then head writer of the Daily Show, then executive producer of the Daily Show, and uh, um, and now uh, author. Uh, is this is this your latest thing? Uh, it's my second book. And I guess this is, it came out in paperback a year and a half ago. Oh, did it? Yeah. It okay. Out. Yeah. I mean, so it, so it, came, out, it came out hardcover a year and a half ago. It came out paperback. Yeah. It's like, yeah. what the so, hell? Sorry. Yeah. Um, the Last Testament, a memoir by God. Am I getting that right? No. <laughs> David Jabberbaum, your thoughts. <laughs> oh, man. What? J.R. Havlin. Yeah. J.R. Havlin. Yeah. <laughs> still lack this it. This takes me, yeah, still lack yeah, it. Yeah. Good times. The book is called The Last Testament, a memoir by God. It oh, is. it's by him. Right. Oh, that's not like an ex. Oh, I see. Your lack of preparation in this interview is quite conspicuous. Well, I just this is this is just a cover <laughs> that I made up. There's not, these pages are blank. Okay. <laughs> Describe a little bit, like in a nutshell, you know, the um, this the summary, the very quick summary of the Last Testament. The Last Testament, a memoir by God, is God's memoir, and He looks back, offers His thoughts on first of all all the Old Testament, the New Testament. Uh, the Quran, uh, and the last five fifteen hundred years of human history, which is you know it's a small, it's a kind of a chunk. He also has separate short essays where he's talking about his thoughts about things like sports, uh, yeah, celebrities. That, that was that was great. Uh, cocktail recipe. There's a couple of recipes in there. Uh-huh. Uh, some secrets revealed about like you know whether it's a Bigfoot, Loch Ness monster, etc. He, he he opens up about those with David Jabberbaum. So you helped God write this uh, this book. Yes. His third, am I to understand that? Fourth. He, he actually, uh, he the last book he did was the Quran, and then I mean, there's also the Book of Mormon, but his last serious book was the Quran. And so, so you did you you wrote that you wrote this. How did uh, how did God get in touch with you to uh, write the book? David well, we have the same agent, Jr. You have the same agent, and uh, is, so that really is, helped. It's on the, that would be uh, uh, David. Where's my the glasses? Daniel Greenberg of Dan, the Dan, Levine yeah. Greenberg Literary Agency. Uh, literally, the first line in the book, which like this is what I love about this, is uh, is that it. Um, 
It just made me laugh right away. The prologue. The prologue. In the beginning, I took a lunch with Daniel Greenberg of the Levine Greenberg Literary Agency. <laughs> and right away, way, I'm laughing. And that, by the way, Daniel Greenberg of the Levine, that's my agency for real. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah I would imagine. And, yeah. But his name is so, again, mellifluous that it was such a poetic name. Yeah, yeah. Well, also the misdirective in the beginning. And the, yeah. Uh, um, yeah. This, uh, this book is hilarious. Thank you. Like uh, just a laugh, a laugh every half a minute. I mean, I'd say laugh a minute. It doesn't seem uh, uh, the laugh per minute rate depends on how fast you read. I mean, well, it, that it was, depends. Yeah. I was going to say I'm a very slow reader. Okay. Yeah. 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 So, it, so laugh yeah. a half, and I'd say, and I'm cutting yeah. it down to laugh a half a minute, and I'm a slow right. reader. LPMs is like the f- factor in writing humor books. Is LPMs L- last per minute? minute. Yes, yeah. last per minute. What the heck? My cellular data just turned off. This is nuts. This can't happen. Fucking LA. <laughs> I don't even know how to correct this. Wait, somebody did something to me. Oh, I got a text. This is exciting. It's for my wife. Wow, this is really exciting. Mid-podcast, you've got what news? The apartment above us is going up for sale. (laughs) That was information you had to have this moment. Well, you know, we've we've discussed expanding. We have a second kid, only two better. You know, we're tight. Okay. You know, we weren't thinking about going upstairs. We don't want stairs. Mazel, buy the apartment, live there in good health, JR. Wait, where did David Jabberbaum go? <laughs> One of my many What the hell is down there? Can you <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you get fucking scratching like a cat. I have a very nice thick carpet here in this room, and I like rubbing my feet against it. It feels nice. Okay, good. I'll, I'll stop now for the sake of your audio. I understand entirely. The last testament. Yeah, because we're not leaving any of this out. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. how, how, how long does this go? And then how much do you make of it? How, how much do I... What? How long, how long do you actually go? Like... Oh, and then how much do I make of it? Yeah. Oh, I thought yeah. you said how much do you make from this? Oh, no, no, no. What's no. <laughs> a guy like you make? No. Um, we'll uh, uh, we'll talk for several hours. Great. And I'll whittle that down to tight five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I suppose it's, I can get the dog print down to a lead two and a half. <laughs> it's, it's hard, but doable. Okay, fine. The the last testament is the book you have. The book previous to that was the uh, uh, What to Expect When You're Expected. That's correct. I mean, as you well know, I was... Uh, one of the principal writers for both of the Daily Show books. Uh, America the Book and? America the Book and Earth the Book. Yeah, both books. Both both of them books, both of them with similar titles. Yeah. You can see the pattern there. Uh-huh. Uh, and then I wrote another book, and that was a pregnancy guide called What to Expect When You're Expected, A Fetus's Guide to the First Three Trimesters. It was the first pregnancy guide written to and for the prenatal reader. And uh, it's, you know, it's sold okay. And by, no? Was- yeah, I mean... I, my market research ironically indicated it was actually purchased mainly by mothers rather than fetuses. Um, no kidding. It, yeah, that's what I found out afterwards. The, fe- the Like, did you get numbers on that? Did you get fetal numbers? Uh, I did not get any fetal numbers. The fetal stats were not good. But I do know that some adult women... Well, you, you never like to hear the phrase, the fetal stats were not good. No, no, no. <laughs> just something... But just, in, it was just in a reading context. Just look, a marketing in, context. In, in the hospital, in yeah, literary yeah, circles, right. it never really works. That's a good point. Yeah, it really is valid. And then... Uh, then two years ago, uh, yes, I worked on this book, The Last Testament of Memoir by God, and it came out, as I said, in hardcover two years ago, and uh, came out paperback last year. I've done some events, and uh, obviously I have a uh, Twitter account associated with it. The Tweet of God. Yes. A lot of funny stuff on there. The Tweet of My involvement... I in, follow you. You don't follow me, which is... But, you, but you understand God why. does not follow me. No, I don't. Have you seen my following list? Well, yeah, have you seen who I follow? Yeah, I only follow Justin Bieber. Yeah, okay, God yeah. only follows Justin Bieber. 
which is fine. Yeah, but but you can't send me direct messages and expect a response because I can't respond. I don't want a response. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, 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 I do. I know. I know. Uh, yeah, because I, it said please respond at yeah. the end of it. Yeah, I know. For I should have just, sake, I, I should have just emailed you. I know. I apologize. Yeah, that didn't I apologize. Work. But it, it's a kind. Of, it's not a, kind of not fair to me because my only involvement in the tweet of God in terms of my creative involvement is with those tweets is that I type them and I send them. But I don't. They're they're not from me. Ultimately. Are they dictated to you? They're dictated through me. Hmm. They're dictated through me, and I'll find myself. You know, I'll be somewhere, and then two minutes later, I'll kind of wake up from a half trance, and I was, oh, I've been used. You're like in a bush. I've been you, yeah, in a bush. You know, feeling sore. And right. I've been used in the back as a side. vessel. Yes. In the back. We're talking about the butt. <laughs> you, you choose to go there communically about your choice. Well, you uh, know, it's always funny. Right. Uh, and uh, you know, these tweets will have uh, emerged. But how do how do they manifest themselves into a, into the into your phone or under your computer? No, I'm I'm used as the vessel. I'm used as the comedy. oh, they, then they just come out of you. Yeah, they come oh, out of you. But I myself, wow. like I don't write them myself. God, that is fascinating. And yes, uh, it's a it's fascinating. And so we have this. Uh, the account has now almost half a million followers. Half a million followers. Half a million followers, which is uh, which is good. We only follow Justin Bieber, right. as I said. Why so would you? Well, I, I uh, um, the reason I why faced, I, I, I follow Friday Justin Bieber last week. Did you really? Yeah, try to get him up and over. You know what I'm saying? How is he doing? I've heard his I, account's doing well. I thought well since then I think it, it's it's picked up. I follow Friday all in the same one: uh, Justin Bieber, Lady Gaga, and Katy Perry. <laughs> <laughs> and said so we got to get these kids up. Numbers the one, two, and three, I believe they are. Yes, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> Very nice, well taken. Yeah, yeah. The Twitter account has occupied uh, a lot of my time in recent months. And Does uh, Richard Dawkins follow uh, tweet of the tweet? No, but account? Ricky Gervais does. Yeah, Ricky Gervais. You have a lot of conversations and with him. Conversation with Ricky How Gervais. can Richard Dawkins not follow that? That doesn't make any sense. Uh, you gotta, I, you got to reach out. I I don't. I mean, I... You have know. the Beebs talk to him. Well, the Beebs doesn't talk to me. The only person uh, who could, because I'm the only, only, the only person who could direct message me is Justin Bieber. By me, you mean God. By me, I mean God. Yes. So, of course. They, so is yeah. This is yeah. It's yeah, getting deep. It's, it's a conflation of me and God. Yeah. So yeah. How what what how confusing that must be for you to not know when you're DJ and when you're God. <laughs> yes, it's and the fine line between the two. Yes, yeah, so that it's great for your mental stability. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. Ah, I like that. Yeah. The you mentioned the. Uh, um, the two books that we all wrote at work. One while you were there, America the Book, you were working at the show at the time. Mm-hmm. And then the other one, you had left the show but came back just to help us work on the book. Like well, you essentially, well, essentially the last year I was there at the show, I was primarily devoted to the book and I had very little to do with the actual show. Right. Yeah. And they were relatively, I mean, they're they're similar in structure, the books. I mean, as yes. far as like the, the content is dense. Yeah, it's dense, and yeah, I mean, America the Book came so first. And America then, had more of a more of a more of a narrative, at least line through it. That would that Earth did not have that. Earth was more of an encyclopedia kind of thing. Yes, I mean, America had a, a more obvious point of view. It's political. It's about it's about politics. So you know, the point of view, the irony, the satire was clear. And then with Earth the Book, you know, it's more general view. I mean, we have chapters about like the planet itself and about the life cycle. Uh, the early these early chapters especially have a lot of my stuff in them. The number of jokes in those books is insane. There's a lot of jokes in those books. I'm, I've, you know, I'm very honored to have been a part of them, and you know, to have written a little bit of them, and and they're they're great. Well, the it's interesting with the with the Last Testament, the um, a memoir by God. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna run that thing. Huh? <laughs> okay, I'm going. sorry. 
Go ahead. The writing is very distinct. Obviously, uh, was dictated to you. Uh, the Last uh, you, Testament. You, you did. You did no changing as you as as this was fed to you uh, through a burning bush. No, I was pretty much just dictated to. I mean, you know, you know he wanted he because he's good. He really has. You have a similar sensibility. Well, he just approached me to do some punch up mainly on the jokes oh, because okay. he's just not a very funny guy. But I mean, if you know his work, you know that he's not particularly no. Like he's not known as being like, oh God, he's right. really funny. That guy's a right. Like no, you don't think of him that way usually. So he, and but but to his credit, he knew that, and so he contacted me, and uh, I said uh, I'll help with the punch up. Yeah, on America and on Earth, we had, you know, a large group of people working on these books. Yes. Earth even more than on America, but yeah, you know, because it was the entire writing staff. And the production staff. Yeah, I mean, a book I mean, like that is produced. You know, you know, Last Testament Memory by God is written. It was just me. I sat there. I wrote it. There was no production. But that book was produced. Uh, both books, both those books were produced and managed as well as they were written. I mean, so they're was, completely different pieces of work. But but what about but in the state like well the, I'm just thinking of the state of the 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 state of mind the process of writing a book like Earth. And writing a book like this, yeah, well, writing a book like Earth, you know, you're, I was the lead writer on the book, and I'm also managing all the other writers in the book, and so it's just, you know, you're you're half writing, but you're half producing, and you, you know, you kind of have to do both of those things, and not obviously not just me. I mean, it was John, and and, and you know, mainly John and everything. Um, but it's your own book, like with the last Testament memoir by God, which I kind of wrote. So yeah, so it was just fun. It was just I was I've never been prouder of myself. Um, creatively than I did was it by the fact that I wrote I sat down and made myself do it you know regardless of the quality of it but like I sat down and for both those books of mine like I just sat down and made myself do it and it's very you know you know what writing is it's very lonely it's very uh, you know you have to be able to make yourself laugh entertain yourself and have some kind of you know ability to be your own audience uh, had you already read the Bible? You read the uh, Bible? No, but I, I read not all of the stuff, but I read a, a lot of the Old and New Testament uh, and the Quran in preparation for reading for writing this. And 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 you know, I, I honestly like seriously like I, there've been several reviews that have commented on the like the theological uh, you know knowledge revealed by this book that I have, and it's just like I just. Don't people know how to use Google? Like it's just like it's theological all, knowledge like, that like, you have. Yeah, like the book, you know, displays such actual, genuine like knowledge, just like you know about the Bible and stuff. And it's just well, like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that it doesn't, but I wouldn't say that there's that there should be any particular surprise. You're writing a fucking book yeah, about a topic. I, yeah, you don't, you it, don't not learn the not, topic. Not only that, but that stuff is just in Google. You can anybody can find this stuff in five minutes. It's not that yeah, hard. Yeah, but I think I, I think there's one interesting thing was I mean that's why I asked whether or not you read the Bible all the way, you know re, you know read everything all the way through because there 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 are certain connections throughout the book the overall premise i had going in was if everything in the bible is true if in the old testament new testament and Quran, and the god of those books exists what is he most likely to be like like what kind of person would that per god be and so everything came and knowing that. knowing what has been yes. done to his creation and yeah but also knowing what he did what he himself chose to do in the old testament and then you know send his son down um, he's not a pleasant person in the Old Testament. You know, that's he's very, very. He's a real. There's a dick. one. There's a there's a great part in there about the uh, about Noah's Ark. Yeah. How he just dismisses it as a complete impossibility that it I can't believe it caught on because it was actually he and Noah were just joking. Right. Well, no, he well he said. I mean, everything else in the Bible makes total sense. Yeah. But right. Noah's Ark. <laughs> well, that's the other. Yeah. Is yeah, yeah. what. <laughs> 
Think about it. Come on, you can't get every animal in a boat. Yeah. That, unlike everything else everything in the Old Testament, else, total sense. is stupid. <laughs> like that's that's the joke. Yeah. That was more of the joke. And I think and also, were, but I think in that case there were a couple of things that were rattled off. A couple yes. of other examples. I think maybe that's where you were getting some of that theological thing. It's like, well, how did he know to throw throw this, this, and this in there? But uh, knowing you, it wasn't particularly surprising that you could read it and remember it and get some. Here, I'll, I'll read the passage yeah. you're talking about. Now I come to one of the bigger revelations thou wilt find within these pages. I did not ask Noah to put two of every animal on board the ark. I know that is what it says in the Bible, but consider. A phylogenetically complete double bestiary contained within a 450,000 cubic cubit, cubit watercraft? Why, in but a medium-sized zoo, the animals themselves occupy nearly 450,000 cubic cubits. And that is to say nothing of the space required for their food and shelter or their grazing and roaming areas. And of course, the zoo contains... I could go on and on. No, I did not say put two of every animal on board the ship. What I said was put two of any animal on board the ship. For I knew they were in for a long, treacherous voyage, and I thought they'd be comforting for all aboard to bring with them two dogs, or two cats, or even two hamsters. I recommended dogs, but I left the choice to Noah, for I am not a cat god. And as it happened, Noah did choose two dogs, Cocker Spaniel puppies, Sparky and Pillow. Sparky and Pillow. Sparky, is it Sparky or Pillow who later dies swimming to find land? Uh, it's Pillow. It's left, it's left unsaid, but yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. He just well, uh, undoubtedly did find land. Yes, undoubtedly yeah, did, yeah, did find and land. And you couldn't tell him because you're friends with him. Yes, <laughs> exactly. And you knew he loved that dog. Yeah, so I just, again, I, I really I just tried to read, you know, the, the, the best parts of the Bible are obviously Genesis and then the Exodus story. And then the rest of the stuff in the Old Testament is, I mean, there's some good stuff later, but just a lot of it is boring lists and like lists of wells. and. Oh, yeah, well, that's, yeah, there's a there's a part, again, it's toward more towards the beginning of the book where you talk about, I'm going to skip the begatting. Yeah, the beget of this and the beget of that. Yeah, he but he says even though I think it's the best part, but my editor says no. People went on to read that. Within that, I think was a line about uh, um, Adam and Adam and Eve when when they when they found out how to fornicate. Yeah, uh, went at it like uh, went at it like animals, and and uh, um, probably less than a year later f- uh, discovered how to do it vaginally. Not, vaginally, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Well, because that's based on the joke on, on I'm sorry, I don't mean joke. I mean story mm-hmm. that Adam and Steve were really the couple. It really was Adam and Steve, not mm-hmm. Adam and Eve. And we told the whole story of Adam and Steve and how they found each other. And then, you know, the snake was, you know, sort of uncomfortable. The snake himself was gay, but was uncomfortable with his own homosexuality and struck out at other gay people who were living out and proud. Right, and was it that I think the snake was mentioned again as another thing. Like, oh, that was among the list of things that are real in the the talking snake. All yeah, you know, yeah. all this is yeah. totally real. But and if you think about it, Jerry, you'll agree that in the Genesis account, the only thing that doesn't make sense is Noah's Ark. Oh yeah, there's, there's not about it. Everything else is uh, I mean, the universe um, six days, duh. Obviously, you can see that's that like you can totally see that happening. Yeah, all the evidence points it's a to it. Yeah, why it would take five? Five is stupid. Yeah, that's and right seven up. is like wait, retarded. It's yeah. six. How how can it take anybody seven? Oh my god. Well, I like there's a nice graphic in the middle of God's uh, schedule. That's right. It's in sort of a uh, you know a weekly binder thing that was difficult for him to find before because that was before he had uh, uh, created staples. That's right. <laughs> or matter. 
He created or matter, matter itself, nor nor the Staples Department. Forget store. about Staples. Yeah, he, he didn't even have yeah, matter to deal yeah. with. So you know, try you can just trying to purchase anything before matter exists <laughs> was a difficult thing. Let remember. alone light. Yeah, yeah no, a little. There was light. another one. Wasn't, wasn't it that at the beginning? With the, it was the heavens and the earth. And then he created light. In hindsight, I should have done light first. It would have taken me less time to <laughs> <Yeah>. do that. <laughs> yeah, and you know, but that's that is that's just it. It's all hindsight. Even for God. Yeah, no, he's, he, as he says... I mean, you do, he was winging it. I have never, he says, I've never claimed to be perfect. I've only claimed that all my mis- my mistakes are your fault. Yeah, that's right. That's what he says. And, and it's and true. he believes that. Um, like I said, I was very proud that I was able to sit there and just write that thing. It's it's difficult. Because, you know, you write a book and it's, it's solitary. And uh, as you know, when you get to work in a wonderful room with like really funny people all day, like that's the opposite of solitude. Like that's a comedy writer's, uh, you know, paradise. Do you go about it still in the same fashion? In other words, when we did America and Earth, we um, really kind of started from the outside in and just trying to figure out the biggest things and then yeah. doing the subsections of those and then just kind of going in and then just crowding the pages with jokes. In with the case of this, the old, well, Last Testament, I mean, with both of my books, they're based on something that exists. In the case of the pregnancy book, it's based on what to expect when you're expected. You're expecting the real book. So I just took a lot of chapters from the real book in the same order they're presented, which is one, right. one through nine, and just used the ones that I thought had comedic but potential. But is there a particular order to this? Well... There's not, really, because you talk about different subjects. Uh... There's a narrative that goes from the creation until the present day, and interspersed with that are short essays. Sure, okay, yeah. About other topics, again, like like America, there's one, and sports, there's one, and got celebrities. He reveals a lot of celebrity gossip that's just disgusting and just really like just cheap. Like why, why mention that he's you know seen he Andy Dick fall off the wagon and then grope it? Because he knows the truth. Yeah, but I mean it's so petty. I mean, you but how think, do you when you know when you're all knowing? How do you keep it in? I, I, I'm not all knowing, so I don't know. Oh, I thought you knew. No, no, no. Interesting. No, I know very little about. You it. never asked. I don't. I don't really ask. You I, just receive. Yeah, I, I do what I'm told. Yeah. Hey, y'all! Just a little breather here. Chance to remind you that Writer's Block is now a part of the All Things Comedy family. That's allthingscomedy.com. Check it out. Please follow us on Twitter at Writer's Block Pod. B L O C. You can also follow me at J.R. Havlin. You know, I can be slightly amusing at times, given enough characters to work with. And please email us with any requests or thoughts or flat-out demands at writersblockpodcast at gmail.com. Loyal blockhead Mr. Sam Bowers wrote in, asking to hear from some Colbert writers as well as an SNL writer or two. Well, Sam, your wish is a thing I'm currently working on. Now let's get back to episode 19 with David Javerbaum, author of The Last Testament, a memoir by God. In the, uh, you know, it's uh, interesting, you know, the, the, the Twitter account, I think has been very successful as a Twitter account, but I don't know how much it's done to sell the book, just as a practical matter. Seriously, just as an author, like... Uh, Did you start it back when the book first came out? Uh, before I started it, when I, when I was starting to write the book, um, and so were you like testing jokes in it? I, I I wasn't when I was first told to do it. I was like, man, I'm already have to write the book. Right, you know, you'll, yeah. you'll, you'll, you'll write a, a Twitter account, and you know, 
And it just sucked me in, honestly. It's just, it's just, you know, as you know, and as many, many, many people in comedy know, it's just like a, it's a, yeah, it's, right. it's tailor made for yeah. comedy writers. Yeah. It's unbelievable because but gravity it's, is but the it's hard to keep up on a regular basis when you've got something else going on. Well, the good news for me regarding my Twitter account was that for the last two years I've had nothing much going on. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> lucky really me. Up. <laughs> no, lucky me. I mean, other, th- I mean, I wrote that book and I'm very proud of that creatively, and it's all okay. But then I was living in New York for two years, and, and I, you know, it wasn't much. Um, as much happening that I, as I would like, and I began, among other things, I was uh, I wrote a pilot, and the the pilot now after many travails is has now been shot for Amazon, uh, Amazon.com, and uh, has the it, pilot's been shot for Amazon.com? Yeah, I, yeah. It, Amazon is now buying content, and we're in their first wave of original content and stuff they're producing, and they've been unbelievably wonderful. So they're creating their own, they're, they're they creating programming. Mm-hmm. They're creating programming and it'll run on Amazon. It won't be on Have they started TV. this yet? Uh, yeah, they're shooting a couple others right now. They, they just shot one called Alpha House, uh, with, which is Gary Trudeau's show, and John Goodman's going to be in it, I believe. Yeah. And uh, there's our show and there's a couple animated shows. They work on the, with The Onion on the show. So, so what's yours? Uh, it's called Browsers. And uh, it's about uh, four young interns starting at their first day at a website, much like the Huffington Post. And uh, and then about the uh, the sort of uh, Ariana-ish figure uh, who's their boss. And it's a musical, is the thing. The musical thing might come as a bit of a surprise to some people, but that is a, a big part of your background. Yes. Yeah, when I was, went to school, I was I was at Harvard, and I did involved in two groups, and one of them was the Lampoon, which everyone knows, the Humor magazine, and then the Hasty Pudding, which was the, the original student musical that they do every year at Harvard, and I wrote two of those with a couple of friends of mine, and ever since then, I've been interested in doing musicals and working on lyrics and just doing stuff that involves music, uh, and I actually have a graduate degree from NYU in musical theater composition, which is a useless degree, but it was a great program. Well, but you... The useless unless you do what you do and which you did as a degree in terms of like getting you into a door anywhere it's useless but I'm saying I did learn a lot I mean the main thing I learned was how to collaborate and in collaborating with people um, and you know I tried to get better at that and then you were you you were the lyricist for John Waters for, for a show called Try Baby that ran on Broadway for two minutes uh, about four years ago uh, it was a sequel to Hairspray. It was really, it, we thought it was a really good show. Adam Schlesinger. It was, a, it was a very good show. Uh, but we got killed in the Times. And not just the Times, but the Times killed us. That's, that, I just like, you know, Ellen, my wife, has brought that up, brings that up repeatedly. Like anytime your name comes up, which is as literally as infrequently as possible. I understand. Every time she's always like, I have, I have no idea why that was not, why that didn't get done. I, 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 she's, she keeps saying like, it's so much better than almost everything else I've seen in that's supposed to be like it that I've seen. And it was, it was amazing. It was, it was, it was really good. Like everything about it was really good. Thank and, you very much. Uh, um, you know, sometimes it's just a matter of like, there are people who pay for these things to get done. And if, and th- those handful of people decide it's not going to get done, then it doesn't get done. Yeah. And, their their decision can be influenced by the New York Times. Look, it's it is. How did they shit on? I I, I don't know. I, mean, I hate this expression, but it is what it is. I mean, it's it's just you know that's how the system is, and right. Some people get arbitrarily uh, heralded. Some people get are you know arbitrarily failed. Some people deservedly do both. And I don't know where we are, but you know I got no complaints. I got the how do a show on Broadway? Yeah, we were nominated for a Tony that year, which means that the sixth. Eligible shows. We were among the top two thirds of shows, but yeah, it was it was great. But I wait. It was it, was, it, it, it was nominated. It was nominated for best for, musical. 
Even on a short run like that, it doesn't. Have, it, yeah. I, I thought it was literally just like previews or something. No, no, it ran. No, it it okay. ran for six weeks. Okay. So it did even better than you thought it did. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think that uh, your experience with musical theater and writing songs uh, translates very well into the kind of lyrical style of your writing. When I read, when as I'm reading through the Last Testament. Knowing you and knowing your sense of humor and knowing your style of writing, yeah, I don't think it. I don't know that it makes it funnier for me than it would be for other people. But I think there are some jokes that are just funny, flat out funny, and some jokes that are that are this kind of goofball, David Jabberbaum. Yeah. that that I know that I if, if it was somebody else writing that joke, I would think like maybe this is a. A silly effort at a joke or something, but yeah. I know what the why yeah. it's funny to you. I, and that's why I take funny. a lot of swings, as you know, and I think I when you take a lot of swings. You hit a lot of home runs. You have a lot of strikeouts. Well, you know, uh, when I'm when I when I'm sitting there and like I, I was, you know, um, I would read it in pieces. and I would just go back and forth, and I was reading other pieces that I hadn't read yet on the plane coming out and in the airport. And I'm sitting there in public in front of people and, and next to people on the airplane and just busting out, just busting out uncontrollably la- like a real live laugh. Wow. And that's great. And uh, that's... like time and time again to where I, I'm conscious of the fact that I'm doing it in front of these people. Wow. Not that it's a bad thing, but it's funny how like a laugh can be distracting. If that, and is, if that is true, you're not just blowing smoke on my ass. Then no, I'm, no. I'm extremely honored. Oh, no, it was to, great. To have that coming, you know, you know. To, to make a comedy writer of your caliber laugh is a, no small feat. So that's that's excellent. Uh, uh, I mean, I was just sitting there, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm just trying to write joke after joke. And you have an editor and the editor, you know, I have a great editor, Sarah Knight. And she was, you know, she told me when stuff was not as strong as other, uh, other stuff. And so I think the ratio in there is pretty good. I learned like, 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 honestly, I, I have no need to kiss ass or anything, but like I've learned. Everything I need to know about comedy, I learned at The Daily Show. I mean, honestly, like, that's, like, pretty much everything, you know, in terms of, like, you know, both creatively and also just how to, like, you know, run it. You know, how just administratively and, like, just, you know, seeing how John did it. Like, that was pretty much everything. Yeah, there's a, um, there's, there's a constant learning process going on. Not to mention all the people that you get to work with. Yeah. And how how the process there has changed, that is continuously changing. Yeah. Not just because... We go in and tinker with it and change it for the sake of trying to make it better, but also changes that are sort of not forced is not the right word, but they're, they're, they are kind of forced on you by, by technology that makes it easier to do certain things. So that the production end of things got so much more intensely involved yes. in the entire process because it used to be, you'll remember way back when we just had AP. Yep. We would come up with ideas and say, we need some footage to cover this idea. We were passive slaves to the mercy of the footage. Yeah, I, I, guess, that, I guess that's right. We, we, we saw the footage and then wrote to it because that's all yeah. we had to work and it was with. Limiting. Whereas now yeah. we just decide what we want to do and yeah. find the footage. But there's also a matter of that we can find so many things that it, it, it guides it. Yeah. You know, that we can find so many things so quickly. Yeah. Um, yeah, but that's, you know... We the Daily Show is enough of a news show that it has to act like a news show and keep up with with, with current. You know, you just you, you have you have to. But I mean, you, as you well know, like the show has been on an uptick for the last what seventeen years. Yeah. I mean, it's like it's, <laughs> it's a little it's, weird. It's, it's unprecedented. It's really unprecedented and not an accident. 
what's not to like? I, I was at the show for 11 years and I never thought I'd have a, a job for 11 years. But I mean, A, I kept getting opportunities and B, I just was loving it so much that even, you know, I said goodbye and then they brought me back in. And dragged you back Godfather in. Godfather 3. And, 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 it was, <clears throat> and it was great. But I just ultimately felt like as good as it was, like if I don't, you know, I have other things I want to pursue and do in my life. And if I don't, you know, give it a shot now, even with this incredible opportunity, I'll, I'll never get to do it. So, so I said, um, I read another thing from the book. Whatever you, uh, um, whatever floats your boat. Okay, I'll, I'll read the I'll read the jacket. What? Okay. This is the inner book jacket of the hardcover, which is still in stores. Old paperback is more common now. Over the course of his long and distinguished career, God has literally seen it all, and not just seen. In fact, the multi-talented deity has played a pivotal role in many major events, including the creation of the universe, the entirety of world history, the life of every human being who has ever lived, and the successful transitioning of American Idol into the post-Simon Cowell era. Yeah, look, wait, I, I'm just going to cut you off as you go along a little bit, because the idea that it's... You know, that that's how these are written, and the idea that God has to just immediately lift his accolades. You know? <laughs> You've literally seen it all. Go ahead. Now, as the earth he has godded so magnificently draws to a Mayan-induced close, <laughs> that was written dating the book. Yeah. God breaks his fourteen hundred year literary silence with his final masterpiece, <laughs> The Last Testament. How could he? How could he hold off that long? He takes us behind the scenes of Genesis, setting the record on straight on the real first couple, Adam and Steve. What? And challenging long-held notions about the viability of containing a phylogenetically complete double bestiary within a four hundred fifty thousand cubic cubit watercraft. Second time we've heard that. I know. That read went better, though. It's yeah, a hard sentence. That was a better read. For the first time, he breaks his silence on Jesus Christ, shedding light on a father-son relationship as heartwarming as Will and Jaden Smith's. And he reveals his true feelings about his third great faith, Islam, which are nothing but positive and respectful. <laughs> and it goes on. And it goes the, on. Um, that was one thing I wanted to ask you about. Was the, the, you know, there's a section in there on the Quran, uh, which is also very funny. And throughout our... Um, these sort of n nervous, you know, purposefully so yeah. references uh, to Islam. Yeah. And uh, um, this book was not uh, printed in England because of fears of uh, violence. My, this is the last time even from what like Yes, yes. Simon and Schuster UK refused to publish the book, which immediately put it in incredibly lofty company. With like Ulysses and like 1984 and other censored books, which it does not deserve to be, you know, anywhere close to, but they haven't published it because they're they're afraid they were afraid of racial. I mean, England, you know, the 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 home of satire. So that was kind of a disappointing thing. That but, was a joke that uh, that was cut for this reason. Also, a Quran-based joke. There's a section of pictures in the middle of the book. I had an idea for a picture. You know, the Kaaba, which is the big cubic. Oh, structure the, in the yeah, middle in the of middle, Mecca, yeah. around which people walk, and right. that's part of the of the Hajj. So I had an idea that back in the 80s, they had a thing called Rubik's Kaaba, and it was just like, you know, 27 squares, and people would just try to rotate it into a shape, and then when it was all solved, then, then you know, the pilgrimage was over. Right. And it was going to be a big picture of that. And they said, no, I can't do that. I can't do that, because, they're, because that would be a bad idea. Because it's such a... An inflammatory, uh, potentially inflammatory image. Well, inflammatory in that you're altering in any way. Yeah. The it doesn't matter that it's a Rubik's cube. Yeah. That you would alter such a sacred thing in any yeah. way at all. Yes. You are allowed to make fun of Christianity and Judaism much more than you are in Islam, and that is to the credit of Christianity and Judaism. I think so. Yeah. Yes, and to the you know, detriment of Islam. 
but that was a very conscious process of like, were they really touchy about yeah, it? Yeah, and I, I was too. I'm, I'm not. Yeah, yeah, I'm right. not by nature like I'm not. Right, you're not trying to stir things. I'm, up. I'm not trying to get killed. Put it that way. That's that's not <laughs> what I need at the moment. I'm not. You know, that's not where my head is right now. No, I'm no, just no. Wanting to get killed. <laughs> you know, it's kind of. It's not where I am in life now. No, no, no. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, yeah. I want to be alive for like as long as I'm alive. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good goal. That's my philosophy. I've, I've, I want to be alive a little, just a little longer than that. Like on my way out, you know, where you're looking down at everything. Yeah. As you, as you float away. Yeah. Like so, I want to be alive for as long as I'm alive. Like plus one. Yeah. Would you want to be there at your funeral? Would you want to watch your funeral? Yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Who wouldn't? Let's talk about that. Yeah. I'd like to watch. Maybe my, I can make it into a bit. I'd like to cater my funeral. I, I think I'd like to be the caterer. Well, here's 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 so like the I like to work on a on bits. You can help me with a with a bit. Okay. And we just kind of stumbled on one. Oh, oh you know, no, you know what? I have a different one that I want to work on with you because right. it's about God. Okay. So you with the inside track can help me out with that. What do you think of that? Okay. You're about to be witness to the birth of a bit. Right. One of the things in it is is talking about uh, um, uh, calling God a he, you know. Yes, well, my God, as you know from the cover, is an yeah, old yeah. man with a white beard. Well, and that's that's always the case, and I I have that within the thing that like like if you're talking about God and you say he, mm-hmm. then uh, um, inevitably at one point or another somebody's going to chime in with the old or you know, she or she. And, you know, to me, it's like, whatever, who gives a shit? I don't care. I don't believe it just anyway. The idea that, think about it, just think abstractly, the idea that God has a gender. Like, yeah. like it's God. It's like, it's it's God. And you're saying he's, you know, he, either a man or a woman? Like, does that make any <sighs> Well, but I, th- I think uh, even when you're saying, like, uh, um, even the most religious people, when they say he, are they really thinking man? Or, are they just, or would they just say, no, we're just using... That's just a pronoun or whatever, you know? You, I mean, not, not to get too theoretical, but you can't help using the male pronoun and not do some projection of a male, of the male. Not yeah, only plus that, but, all the and, images. But, and also, the, the, the use of the male pronoun is because of the projection, it was already there. So it's a cause and effect. You know, it's, you know, God is a he or God is a she. Well, it's but just, the thing, the thing, the, the place that it goes to is that you never get that with the devil. Right. <laughs> you know, like, well, they don't want credit. Well, yeah, right, right, right. No one wants credit. Well, yeah, if you you call the devil he all day long, and you right. and you you never get or women she. don't want to be associated with the devil. <laughs> it's like it's like, it's like, and there's Mr. Hitler. Don't forget Mrs. Hitler. <laughs> it's like, no one wants that. Yeah. Hey, a little well, respect for I'm Mrs. Hitler. Do you well, mind? But, I have a name. There wasn't a Mrs. Hitler, and you hear plenty about Ava Braun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's Ava Braun. Yeah, I think they got married right before he killed himself. So there was a time when she was Mrs. Hitler. Such a sweet story. Which is, it's a romantic story. It's, it's very a very romantic, romantic story. It's very nice. It's so no, it's, it's nice. I mean, that's that's how you should do it. Yeah. I always say, like, you don't want a big ceremony. No. You don't want to invite hundreds of people. Yeah. Just do it in your bunker right before you kill yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the way. Just the two of you. Intimate. Yeah. Intimate. Our, our, here's our, here's, I have a big surprise for our honeymoon. <laughs> yeah. Bunk, yeah. Bunker, yeah. gunshot to the head. Yeah. What do you think? What do you think? I mean, why wouldn't want that? I know I would. I know, I know you want to go to Italy, <laughs> yeah. but suicide lasts forever. We could do that yeah, anytime. Yeah. Suicide <laughs> lasts forever. Yeah. Italy, you'd forget. Yeah, Italy, you forget. Yeah, yeah, it's nice. Oh, Mister and Mrs. Hitler. <laughs> 
at one point or another, those words were spoken. I now pronounce you Mr. and Mrs. Hitler. Yeah, right. And then he leaned over and kissed her. And then his assistant... You, like, you may now shoot the bride right. in the head. <laughs> but no, but like, uh, Goebbels was watching and he was like, leans over and he goes, meow. <laughs> <laughs> he does the pussy with you really think? Yeah. He was riding him on that. This is my new bride, Eva. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I know what's about it. I, I got it. <laughs> Do not make that gesture with me. <laughs> I am not pussy whipped. Oh, come on, Adolf. You're, you're a little, you're a little whipped now. Like, don't make him mad. <laughs> yeah, don't make him mad. Don't make him mad. That's not, that's not the guy. No. Even in the bunker, it's a bad, bad idea. We had a funny bit before that. That's where you went off on a tangent about some God thing that you were going to do. I know, right. What, what was it? The other bit was about wanting to be at your own funeral. Yeah. What is the benefit or not of that? Yeah. I want to be at my... But funerals, like, you know, funerals are, are can often be kind of dull. So I think I think it would probably... I, I think I get bored on a funeral. Yeah, but it's like... Uh, um, but you wouldn't want it to be. No, I, I wouldn't want... Uh, yeah. Yeah, you'd want it to be almost more like a roast or something. Yeah. I love roasts, but you don't. Know, but but also, I th- I feel like you know being at, being at your own funeral is that you want to hear people like say all the say all the bullshit that they never said while you were alive because they didn't really think it. <laughs> yeah, I, I just want to think like, you know, how how will I be euphemized? You know, after I'm dead, like how will I put the best spin? Oh, as, yeah, on what right. was clearly a terrible yeah. life, right. you know, like how right. how how you know because I, I they're gonna try their best, and that's their, what they're paid to do. They pay good money. I want to see how clever my friends and family can be. Yeah, like will my unbelievable arrogance be spun into like you know he was a proud man. He you know he was you know just something you know simple. Right. So I, I won't sound as awful as I was. Maybe that maybe there's more of a bit in like not wanting like some people say I'd like to see my own funeral. Yeah. Fuck that. Because if you do, what you're going to see are people t- saying all the good things about you that mm-hmm. they can possibly come up with. Right. And when, so you know all the things that they think are good about you. And when you think back on it, you realize that you were doing those things like 1% of your existence. Right. The rest of the time, apparently, you're an asshole because they didn't talk about any of it. Right. <laughs> you know? That's sad. Yeah, That's totally. a sad bit. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Oh, I'm very sad. Well, that's what you get. People know what they get when they come to my yeah. shows. I love living here in California. I we we, we moved here four months ago. Yeah, I mentioned I meant to ask you about we, that. We moved here four months ago, and I always thought of myself as a New York kind of person, and so did my wife. Um, and but we just kind of had an epiphany one day, like, why don't we go where I can get work? And I came out here, and it's it's really been great. We love it. And you're getting work. Yeah, I'm getting work. I'm getting. I mean, this pilot is happening, and uh, I'm working on another book. I'm working on a book with. Um, Neil Patrick Harris. Oh, you are. I'm work- uh, He is putting together uh, uh, his own memoirs called the Neil Patrick Harris story. He has an unbelievably funny idea for how to structure it. It's I, I won't. I'm not going to tell it now, but it's really funny. Oh yeah. And it's his idea. So um, uh, he. Oh, so chosen- he knew you from the. Song. He knew me from the songs that we yeah. that we worked on together for the Tonys. So uh, yeah, he knew me, and and he and I'm working on this, and it's going to be I think really really funny out next year. Yeah, he's a funny guy, isn't he? He's. Unbelievable guy. He's an unbelievable person. Yeah, an entertainer and just as, as solid as it gets. He made it through. Yeah, he made it. He, got, he made exactly. it through the rain. Exactly. He made it through. He made it through the rain. But that's because what he was, was. he? I mean, he had to be. What was he? Fourteen or something when he started it? Or was yeah. He well, the, the book will tell a story of, of all that. But yeah, he just he was just but he was just born with a good head on his shoulders to begin with. Like that's like that's the thing. You know, that, they always say that fame doesn't. You know, it, it, it reveals character. It doesn't create it. And yeah, it right. It's right. revealed his you know character, and that's why he's he is where he is now. And do you work together? Like, uh, uh, do you go in and work on a regular basis with like? Yes, I'm going to see him on Wednesday. Hey, 
that background noise was my children coming home. So let's wrap it up. Uh, okay, let's wrap it up. Yeah. W- was that good? No, it's terrible. It's like but they won't know until the end. Okay, hold on a second. Door, 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 door. Coming. I'm, I'm coming. Oh, that's them yelling. But then rush back. Rush back and wrap it up. Hi. Hi. Come say hi. Into the mic. There's a microphone. Your daddy's been talking into it. She got the fancy microphone. Yeah. Hi. Woof. That's close. Yeah. Cool. Isn't this microphone incredible? What is it? Sarah, come here. Hey, hi. Oh, this is the fun part. Yeah, this is the fun part. So this oh, is family comes in. This is where I unwind. You know, I'm more than a comedy writer. In fact, my main job, Jr., is that of family man. All right. On that note. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I'm here with my daughters, Kate and Sarah. Kate and Sarah, there they are. Kate, do you think your daddy's funny? Yes, I think he's very funny. Kate is being raised as the world's first fully ironic child. Oh, yeah. Yes. She's going to be the first ever fully ironic child. Come on okay. in. We're, we're, all, we're all on the we're air. We're on the air, but it's okay. And we'll get rid of most of it. Hi, everybody. Yeah. No, we're going to keep oh, all of okay. it. Hi, how you doing? We're already uh, on the air. Nice to see you. Well, it's, it's being taped for a little bit. Yeah, it's not going out into the, It's going via satellite. This is airing in Russia only, actually. Yeah, in Russia <laughs> and Slovenia. Yeah. Yeah. Pew! See, now that's just yeah. going to frighten everybody right out of their boots. Anybody that's listening right there. We've talked about my career. We've talked about, yeah. uh, I don't know, stuff, my book. How do you like L.A.? Do you want yeah. I love LA. Thank you, JR. Oh, uh, yeah, there you go. First fully <laughs> ironic child. First fully Until ironic child. Yes. All right. Funny, yeah. I have this one. 365 knock knock jokes. Will you read one for us? Okay, here my, we go. My, my little child, Sarah, who's five, is literally holding a book as, by coincidence, by Robert 365 knock knock jokes. Go ahead, yeah, Sarah. Go ahead, Sarah. Knock knock. Oh. <laughs> Again, now he, this is how comedy is understood. Here we well, go. you know, we're, this is a, it's a learning class. Who's there? Um, Europe, Europe, Europe. Europe, who? Europe, very early this morning. Ah. No. <laughs> and then he says, no. Ah. Oh, Europe, yeah. very early this morning. I don't see why we don't get out on that. I mean, you got to go out on the joke. I think yeah, I think that's a strong that's a strong out. Yeah, okay. All right, say goodnight, everybody. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Good night, America. That's it. How cute are kids and their tendency to say the darndest things? Thanks to DJ and his whole family for playing along and accommodating me in their home. I know I promised him this time, but I moved him to next time. Scott Jacobson. Writer for Bob's Burgers joins us for episode 20, The Big 2-0. That comes out Wednesday, July 17th. Now's when I help you catch up with Writer's Block by suggesting an episode from the archives. I'm going back just a little bit this week to episode 15 with guest Neil Brennan, co-creator of Chappelle's Show and co-writer of Half Baked, a script that was so hot when it came out, Neil suddenly found himself in the unlikely spot of being somebody worth listening to. I remember knowing that I, something was afoot when I was in a meeting at Universal and Quentin Tarantino had just written uh, Jackie Brown and the script was going around and everybody was talking about what they thought of it. And someone goes, what do you think of it? And like everyone Said leaned to you? in. Yeah. And everybody leaned in. Everyone like, leaned in like fucking E.F. Hutton was talking. Yeah. <laughs> totally just going to say that. Uh, like, what do I, like, but part of me, and part of me was like, who gives a shit what I think of it? It's a great episode. If you missed it, go back and check it out. And finally, 
Thank you to the usual suspects, webmaster and co-producer David Klatt, at DN Klatt, 1K, 2Ts. Musical director and sound engineer Pete Miser, at Pete Miser, and PeteMiser.com. That's M-I-S-E-R. That sounded like a Disney commercial. Also, big thanks to Greg Duncan and Andrew Lynn for their amazing and extremely budget-conscious artwork. You might not think it, but a lot goes into a little piece of shit like this. Die, kid, because I love. I'm J.R. Havlin. This is Writer's Block Podcast. Thanks for listening. Say goodnight, blockheads. Blockheads.